Hey everyone, welcome back and today it's just crazy. We're celebrating our 30th episode. I am so, so grateful for you listening to this and yeah, we're just going to recap everything so you don't have to go through every single episode if you don't want to because I'm going to condense it right here. So here's a wholesome recap and let's jump into it. Hey everyone, welcome back and... Happy birthday! Yay! Yay. <laughs> so, um, I didn't realize how uncomfortable this hat would be. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's embedding itself into my ears and underneath my chin, and I think I may already have a line. <laughs> so I'm going to take it off very soon. But 30 episodes in, this is absolutely insane. We started mid last year, and so much has happened since then. We did, um, in episode 10, that was a recap for the past nine episodes, and I actually haven't done one since. So I'm gonna try my best today and just cram everything from the past 20 or so episodes <laughs> into this one. Um, but of course, just the main themes and just like a long story short, literally a TLDR, and it will be so, so good just to refresh our minds on what we've done because also for me I want to you know like appreciate every single episode that has happened and for also for you being here and listening to this it's okay I'm just going to take this hat off it's actually really painful um it's just incredible to see that you're here first of all though before we go into the themes and the episodes I was thinking when I was you know doing the milestones like 10 30 episodes in why are we always doing it in tens and why do we always count in terms of fives and twos? And I remember this unit from my neuroscience in uni and they were talking about how the the numbers of fingers or toes were something that we used to count naturally by and so our mathematics and everything has stemmed from that too. And so I, I wasn't sure if it was just my mind thinking things. So I, I consulted Senor Reddit and was just asked, like researching, do we count in fives and tens because of that? And a lot of it pointed to it. And then what confirmed my beliefs was the word digit is actually from the Latin word digitus, which means finger or toe. So like, that is why. That's why we always count in fives, twos, tens. And that's why the numbers seven or nine are just really obscure and we just never really add them up. But the things you know. But anyway, tangent and learning aside, today we're just going to reflect over the past few episodes. And if you've been following along for the past episodes and stuff, you probably know I'm quite confused myself in terms of the audience I want to reach because some of my content is aimed towards people in their 20s, what we didn't really focus on in school, and then others are towards educators and I'm still working on this myself and I'm sorry that it's so confusing. Um, I am working on it and uh, of course I just would really love your um, suggestions or feedback on what works and what doesn't on this podcast because I'm just I'm just talking to myself and I would love some interaction and it's always great when you message. I love it when you message or email me. Um, I just love responding and thank you so much for those who have done it uh, already. Uh, on my email though it's 
I-T-S-J-J-Y-A-N-G at gmail.com. Um, but also on my Facebook group, I did send out a form, uh, just a cool little quick uh, Google form. And it was just asking, what do you want to see in the next few episodes? Or what do you want to see this year? And what do you want to learn more about? So I'm really excited. Please fill it out if you haven't already. And that is all the admin. Let's jump into the recap. So I'm going to sort of explain it in terms of themes again, because that's how my brain works. And let's start with the theme of the future of learning or the incorporation of technology into learning. And in episode 11, we had a little discussion with Gene Frizzell. And Gene, absolutely incredible. He works within AI and also uh, got a master's of teaching and did a lot of lecturing, teaching. And we just basically talked about how in the future, we're not going to have the traditional setting anymore. It's going to be sort of like what Gene says here. That's essentially what it is at the highest level, uh, as I see it for the future of learning and training is you will have a personalized AI based intelligent adaptive tutor that'll help you give you the just in time information you need uh, for the right information for the unique scenario that you're actually in right there. So basically we're going to have some sort of personalized AI computer which is giving us personalized feedback so that when we get something wrong it can just immediately flag what we don't know and exactly what we need to now learn and focus on so instead of us having to do the hard work of identifying what our weaknesses or what the gaps in our knowledge are this computer's just doing it for us which is going to be super super efficient and what Jane says also in this interview is that it's not going to be that the teachers have, you know, like teachers are redundant because he still clarifies that there needs to be some sort of social learning. And so that's not going to happen. However, it's going to make things a lot easier in terms of when you're doing independent study, you'll know exactly what to work on. And so the teacher can be this other role, which is, I don't know, maybe facilitator where you blend key learnings together and as a class or a community. And what he was also saying was that work during AI or when AI is incorporated into the classroom will be a lot more practical than what it is now. And he used the example of engineering. So instead of a dry lecture slide where you're just reading information about engineering instead of doing it, he was talking about it in terms of a simulation. So this is what he said. You have a box with circuitry and you're supposed to be uh, fault finding, right? Mm -hmm. So where is this thing going wrong? It's supposed, this light's supposed to turn on, it's not. So you use your virtual screwdriver, right? You take mm -hmm. that off, it pops off, and then visually you see the guts of the electronic system there. And then you take your different tool sets to find where there might be a short circuit or whatnot. And you drag it on that red circuit. No, that's not it. And you keep doing that, it's emulating what the real thing would look like and how it would react. So how amazing is that? It's actually using or, or sort of mimicking what it's like to do the activity without actually doing it, which is so much more engaging than reading something and, I, I don't know, trying to then find meaning, meaning within what you're reading. I think um, we, we also did use the example of anatomy where – Sure, pracs are 100% important, like practical work, doing dissections and cadavers and all of that. So, of course, that's important. But 
on those times, you know, when you're doing lecture notes and revising, it would be amazing if you had this resource when you're looking at lecture slides or whatever to do a practice cadaver just on a simulation and that be a way that you can learn within a context. So that's really interesting and that's what the future of education is going to look like. Just crazy to get our heads around it. Uh, but the idea of practical learning extends also into episodes 19 and 21. So 19 was more the fundamentals of how to learn anything. And it's it's a really important episode. I would really recommend you listen to it, where what we generally think of learning is just the learning part, as in ingesting material, <laughs> which is what school gets us to do really well. However, the, the output that we have is just a test or a, an assessment or something, and then we forget about it. But what episode 19 is talking about is that learning is just the first bit. And so learning is followed by reflection, i.e., you know, like seeing exactly what worked and what didn't when you were learning, what you need to focus on more and what you already understand. But then it goes further further than what school really teaches us, which is to practice what you just learned. So actually applying your knowledge into a new contextual, um, a, a new context, ideally within the real world, you know, like being able to be part of a community and apply your knowledge. And the final step is to share. So share or teach what you know to people, whether that be through something like a media, um, like a podcast, for example, or tutoring, or doing something where you can actually consolidate your knowledge. And so I talk about that in episode 21, where it's just not focusing on the actual real-world application of learning. And so I use an example just to make it easier for our brains, which is uh, in episode 21, I talked about a hypothetical Italian class. So the traditional Italian class is where you, or any language class, is where you learn vocab, whether it be the weather or your family tree, <laughs> which is generally how it is. So you learn the vocab, you get tested on that if you can remember it, you learn about grammar, and you learn about all of these theoretical things which are really important for you to understand the language, like the building blocks. But then what happens? We just end that unit. So we go from family and then we end the unit and then we go on to weather and then we end that unit and we continue and we continue. But we're not completing the step, which is to apply through practice and share. So I was thinking, how can we make it more practical? And so in my head, I thought in an Italian class, how about let's make it a Zoom exchange call? So putting aside time zones, because I know they're a problem, why don't we get this school in Australia with a school in Italy and have Zoom calls between students where the Australian students can only speak in Italian and the Italian students can only speak in English, thereby communicating in this way. And so what they're doing is that they now have an incentive to learn the material, so learning that vocab, learning the grammar, because now they're expected to practice it in a setting which is very common where you went, like you will be talking to an Italian <laughs> sometime soon. So why not practice it now? 
And then sharing also, teaching them at the end, maybe there's a debrief where um, you jot down the mistakes that the other person did and now teaching them um, exactly what they did wrong or teaching yourself. I don't know. It gets a bit complicated, whatever. But the idea still holds true, which is that you're able to apply your knowledge or the theory into a real life relevant context. And the other example I give is if you're learning about plant biology, it's not just learning plant biology through a lecture slide and looking at the anatomy of a plant, but what if you had or what if you grew a plant yourself? So at the start of the unit, you grow it by seed, you see the anatomy of the growth and identify it through that. So again, you're you're using tactile senses. Like it's not just a white PowerPoint with text on it, but it's actually a living plant in front of you. (laughs) I hope that makes sense. But that's what I imagine school to be most useful in is when you're able to really create and really see the work that you're or see the theory become relevant. And that's a really nice segue into the one-on-ones that we've been doing. So the first one was with Mark from Self-Sufficient Me, which is a great segue because we're still talking about plants, but just plants in a different context. Mark is has a YouTube channel called Self-Sufficient Me. It's got like over one mil subscribers, which is crazy. Um, and we discussed gardening and the fundamentals of gardening and what you need to know to just start. And we had this great conversation just in the middle of the episode where we discussed the importance of practical learning and how his, I can't remember if it was his uncle or someone that he knew who did this in a lesson. So a classroom of troubled teens and he was uh, supposed to somehow try to teach them because they were kind of unteachable, right? He said, bugger the theory. He said, the boys came to school that next week and when they walked in, their eyes were like that because he had a car motor in the middle of the classroom. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He just got them tinkering with this with yeah. this machine and fixing it and working out how it works and mm-hmm. just being doing. And they all they all, you know turned them around. So Mark's motto also is to just get into it. So just get into the practical side of growing and making mistakes and learning through doing instead of learning through thinking because a lot of school, a lot of the time in school, we're theorizing, we're thinking, and then we're putting it onto paper, but we're not actually doing the thing, which is the most important. So if you're keen on gardening and you want to know more about it, then I would highly suggest watching or listening to the episode with Mark because you'll definitely pick up a lot of cool things there. And the other 101, and I do also want to extend the 101s as well. So 101s, basically the foundations or, you know, those books, which are like for dummies, like that's what I want this to be, except just a nicer way of putting it. So 101s on gardening, which which is what we did. And the second one, which was stress management. So stress management is one I just did recently. So I basically explain what I learned from my uni course in science, so physiology, neuroscience, and psychology into this episode. And so just understanding more the science behind stress and how to have a healthy relationship with it. But of course, I really would love more suggestions for these 101s because I also do want to interview a lot more people about these niche or just 
topics that we just want to know more about. So please send your suggestions either to my email or to the Facebook group or to wherever you can find me online. And I will be sure to incorporate that into the podcast. And also a random thing that happened during these, like since the 10th to the 30th episode was that I created an ebook called Shock to the System, which is just basically a fun cartoon book which (laughs) compiles all of the things I'm either frustrated about with school or that I think needs improving or just in general a critical response to school done through very wholesome beans and I had a lot of fun drawing them. I think it makes it just flow a lot nicer because now you have visuals (laughs) to just like entertain you while I rant about school. And so if you haven't checked that out, it's completely free. It's just on my blog, it's joeyang.com, or you can just find it anywhere. I'll just post a PDF in the description as well. But uh, I really loved making it, and it's just a random, such a random project I did, but I'm very proud of myself for it. (laughs) But anyway, so the other themes of this recap is the growth mindset. And that growth mindset episode, there were two of them. 24 and 25. And I cannot stress the importance of growth mindset. Uh, If you're not aware, growth mindset is the mindset that you can always cultivate and develop and improve. So you're never, you know, like a failure doesn't define you. Uh, It just means that you need to find other resources to be able to succeed. And so I find that this skill is just incredibly important and I wish, I honestly wish they either taught us about it in school or that we just were exposed to it in general because having a fixed mindseted classroom culture is first of all just really, really toxic to how you learn. Uh, you don't want to learn out of fear or like out of fear that people will judge you or out of fear that you'll lose your position as a smart student. And also, it's just, it makes everything a lot healthier (laughs) in the way that you'll learn because you want to challenge yourself and not because you want to prove yourself to other people. But if we were to teach the growth mindset or if we were to just expose students to it and really teach, like having a teacher with a growth mindset, it would change the game so much. And a key example of this is Marva Collins from episode 13, who I called a badass and I abide by that because her work was insane. Unfortunately, she passed away, but her teaching methods will be here forever. What she did was, first of all, she was working with low socioeconomic students in a very, very poor area. And a lot of her students were either kicked out of traditional schooling, either for being disruptive or um, who were labelled mentally retarded or just slow or unable to grasp difficult concepts, which (laughs) hurts me because labelling is just the bane of everyone's existence. But anyway, okay. And so what Marva Collins did (laughs) was crazy. She got these students who couldn't read, write, do maths, to read things and analyze things like Shakespeare and just insane stuff that you would never expect a mentally retarded student to achieve. 
If you're on the audio version of this episode, I just did air quotes on the words mentally retarded because, as we all know, they're not mentally retarded. They just need more love and more support to get to where they need to be. And just the use of the quotes reminded me of this episode on Friends where Joey didn't know how to use them. Huh? You had all day to and you didn't. I know, I should have. I'm sorry. Not using it right, Joe. <laughs> and it was because of her belief that the students, you know, like they just haven't learnt how. Her motto was, students aren't dumb, they aren't slow, whatever. It's just because they haven't learnt how to do this thing or they haven't had the resources to be able to achieve this. But they will when we give them the right context and the right love to go ahead and do it. And so it wasn't just the growth mindset or the belief that people can continue, like, can improve and develop themselves that made Marva Collins so great. I think what also made her great was her love and dedication to these students. And a key theme that um, I touch on many times in this podcast is the idea of punishment and the idea of well-being and mental health. I have so many thoughts about this. Uh, I think... 18, episode 18 was punishment um, and well-being and mental health were also separate separate um, episodes. But how Marva Collins punished <laughs> was so fascinating. So she explained this when students would act out. I think you have to always use positively whatever he does. If they're acting up or they're constantly chewing gum, I'll have them write a composition, The Art of Chewing Gum. And Marva Collins would never resort to things like detentions or name shaming or writing names on the board because she also did mention how these students have so many issues and that the reason why they're acting out is not because, um, you know, they just want to act out. It's because of some underlying issue where they're just not satisfied in some way. Usually when children act out, when children are not learning, it's a signal that something is wrong, just as our illness or our pain is a signal that something is wrong with us. And I don't think educators see this as a signal. And so by punishing, it just accentuates what they're feeling inside. And so what she really emphasized was that this environment needs to be super supportive, non-judgmental, and just really key to making them feel welcome. And I have referenced this, I think, many times now, like this little snippet of Marva Collins' documentary. However, I'm just going to find every opportunity to slot it in. So this was an example where she was punishing the student, um, holding, I think she was putting her uh, finger under his chin and getting him to repeat uh, some words because I think he acted out some way. And this is what she got him to say. I promise that this day shall be used not lost, not lost. Gained. gained, not thrown away. It is my life. I refuse to let Mrs. Collins love me more than I love myself. Because I do love you and you can't stop me from loving you and I'm not going to let you fail, so sit down and succeed. So she's basically saying, like, I will not shame you. You belong here just as much as any other student, and I will not love you more than you love yourself. Oh, shit. Oh, it's so great. 
Anyway, going back to the topic of um, mental health and well-being, I see so many students who, or so many schools who prioritize academics and prioritize education over mental health and mental well-being. However, if you don't, if you don't foster or cultivate the mental health aspect, don't expect learning to happen. Because to feel ready to learn means that you need to feel secure and happy inside yourself, or at least comfortable with yourself. And so there have just been some horror stories. I've explained it in the well-being episodes. And um, if you want to know more about that, check them out. And the other idea also is that a lot of the time students act out because they need they, they feel constricted. And it makes sense because school is very structured in the way that you have periods and you have um, subjects that you need to learn uh, in the way that it's taught um, and, and it just leaves rarely any freedom. And so one of the people I interviewed in episode 13, I think it was, Blake Balls, and he is an absolute pioneer in the American side of um, education, and he's talked a lot about alternative schooling and um, the idea of self-directed learning. So that's where the student themselves are their own teacher, or at least they get to determine what they learn and how they learn it. And so Blake and I really discussed the whole idea of forced learning, where that just makes everyone feel uncomfortable. The realm of self-directed learning, I think that you can have all different types of structures. You can have Montessori schools and you can have military schools. You can have homeschooling and you can have rigorous four-year universities. And the common thread here is that if you know what you're getting yourself into, if you're fully consenting to this environment, then you're going to take advantage of it. And it's really your own choice then. And if you're not, you know, whether you're, it's an alternative, some cool hippie alternative school mm-hmm. or it's a regular conventional school, if just going there because someone else is expecting you or forcing you to go or you haven't really thought about the alternatives, then you're probably not going to take very, you know, good advantage of this opportunity. But we really can't force things like curiosity. And Blake also talks about unschooling, which is a very interesting topic. I really had to get my head around it, um, which is the idea that you don't go to school anymore. You're sort of just not in a structure. You're technically homeschooling. And it's basically just where you get to determine your own learning adventure instead of learning to a curriculum. And we discuss all the implications too, if that sounds a bit foreign to you, um, in terms of how to get into uni by homeschooling and all these alternatives that we've just never really thought about. So if you're interested in that, then definitely check out um, Blake's work as well as the interview. And lastly, lastly, before we end, the idea of independent thinking and active learning. So going back to freedom and everything like that, we barely get time to really ask ourselves for our opinions or what our contribution into the curriculum because the curriculum is standardized and it really leaves barely any room for <laughs> like independent thinking because we're always being taught at and we just we don't have time to really think oh well let me question this um this piece of work is it actually correct And I heard it actually in one of my placements where a student did question the maths and go, hang on, but how do we know that this equation is right? Like, how do we really, really know that we should trust this equation? And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, 
Amazing. Thank you for asking this because I want students to be critical thinkers and just question sometimes. Like, uh, should we blindly trust or should we um, at least think about it? Unfortunately, though, there was just no time. The teacher basically had to say, great question. However, we are behind in our curriculum, so you're just going to have to leave that for independent study. And when is a student going to do independent study? Like when they already have a whole day dedicated to school. So I found that super unfortunate, but I want to link that idea to Dead Poets Society. And if you have not watched Dead Poets Society, please go watch it. If you have time and you have time to spare, actually, even if you don't have time to spare, just prioritize it over your TikToks and just have a watch of it. I dedicated episode ooh, 15, maybe 16 maybe 16, to Dead Poet Society, where I analyzed the movie and just really discussed what I loved about it. And there's this one scene where, played by um, Robin Williams, the teacher tells the students this. Now, my class, you will learn to think for yourselves again. So a major theme of this movie is conformity versus independence. And what the teacher's trying to do is to get the students to reclaim their independence and be independent thinkers and be critical thinkers in in the context of poetry because Robin Williams is a playing a poetry teacher but he's also in this scene um got students to huddle up around him and that is a classic movie like this movie although I love it it just romanticizes teaching like I wish school was actually like that but it's very romanticized Anyway, so the, t- the students are all huddled up around Robin Williams and he's whispering and he's talking about the beauty of poetry and as well as the idea of independence. And he says this. And you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? And so this question of what is your story? What is your verse? What do you want to achieve in your life? Not, you know, cancelling out what the noise around you. What do you want to achieve? And I want to end this episode by extending this question to you. What is something that you would like to share with others? What is your story and what is your verse? I will see you next week. Bye!